Welcome to Listen With Your Eyes, the show that is heard, not seen. I'm your host, the blind guy, Callum Brennan, and on this podcast, we'll be discussing what it's like to live with a disability. Let's get started. This week, I am once again joined by Yayan. Hello. Hello. Thank you for coming back once again. Well, as long as there's actually a demand for it, may as well. (laughs) Well, we have interesting stuff to talk about. I mean, obviously, you've been back for multiple group episodes, but this is the first solo return. Indeed, a solo return where, unfortunately, listeners will have to put up with my dulcet tones all the way through. So, there we go. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure my tones are more dulcet than yours, so there we go. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're practically chirpy next to me. But I suppose, uh, you know, reasons why you're back... Today is to talk about something uh, we did touch upon in uh, the episode you and I previously did uh, solo, even though that was a very long time ago. So for yeah. any for any new listeners, it is episode two. If you f- fancy going back and hearing more about Yayan's visual impairment and his cerebral palsy, which uh, has uh, resulted in him being wheelchair bound but today we are focusing more on I suppose uh, another infliction uh, people could look at it for you because you know you really angered God in a past life uh, and that oh, yes. uh, yeah and that being epilepsy Indeed, yes. So the triple threat, as I've never once called it before and probably never will again. But uh, here we go. <laughs> yes. Um, it's it's a case of a tendency that I didn't know I had for some years. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not like a... And to be fair, I think this is often the case with epilepsy, but it's not like a situation with your visual impairment or cerebral palsy where those were pretty clear from birth hmm um yeah they were obviously clear from birth because I was born rather early and it was you know the case of yeah this is going to be there's going to be some form of brain damage slash problem from what we've scanned here but uh, we didn't quite nobody really considered epilepsy because they were more focused on other nerve ending issues to be honest <laughs> I guess it's ones that are more physically obvious isn't it Like yeah. to the doctors who are I suppose looking at you or even if not to your parents as you're growing up mm. yeah I mean obviously the big the big tell from the other ones was there's some brain damage we know there's going to be something and then I couldn't walk so I was like okay that's pretty pretty slap in the face obvious really mm-hmm. whereas the epilepsy didn't really show its head until I was about 13, 14 <laughs> which is uh, quite a while to be honest 
mm. uh, to go without any seizures or is it I'm assuming it's not like looking back there were any so for example uh, previous episodes to this which hopefully people would have heard by now is with another returning guest Paige who she talks about her epilepsy and in that she actually talks about like having these sort of few second feelings of sickness and nausea which sort, mm. of, which sort of built like, and they were very fleeting and that sort of built up to her finding out that she was having fits do you recall anything along those lines out of interest? Um, no, I think I can recall symptoms more recently since I've grown up and the fits have changed in dynamic somewhat, where you could definitely say yeah, that kind of thing is a common warning sign now that I'm about to go into one or may need to be careful throughout the day. Mm. Um, however, there definitely was no warning sign that my body picked up on when I was about 12, 13, because I don't know, it just sort of came out of the blue at that time. <laughs> That's fair enough. So how was it? Again, we might be repeating somewhat from the bit we covered but nothing wrong with recounting it. How was it that, I suppose, you know, the epilepsy reared its head? Yeah, um, well, it reared its head from what I can remember of just, I was, had finished schoolwork and stayed on the computer with good old Windows 98. (laughs) God, I'm old. Um, Playing pinball games or whatever for quite lay on, or at least enough for it to get dark and me not to be attentive enough to turn the light on. Um, And because of that, the contrast of the screen just meant that it was very, very bright in Mm -hmm. a very dark room. And I wasn't paying much attention to things going on around me because I was just uh, on the computer and I could just feel my head sort of um lolled to the side and a strange heavy feeling in my eyes but I considered that tiredness and then all of a sudden I want an extra member is being told by my mother that she um found my head like definitely at the side um and me obviously just staring unresponsive to anything my mother did to try and rise me after a while because obviously no one in my house would have thought to check up on me at that point because me staying on the computer until told to get off it as a child was was a common thing, um, and there was no warning sign that there, that was any problem um, at that time. So what I next remember from somewhat memory, somewhat being told, is being um, they called an air ambulance in considerable distress because my mother had no idea what was going on, <laughs> um, and they um, got an actual they decided they didn't need an air ambulance, I think, and just got an ambulance to take me into hospital, put me on some form of IV drip to sort of make sure there wasn't any energy problems when I woke up, but they just said he'll probably be okay. We think it's epilepsy, epileptic tendencies, which they were correct, it was. Um, and I woke up with no real big, no real big painful effects from the first one I had. I don't know whether that was because of youth or, or whatever, I'm not sure. But um, 
I'm just tiredness, just complete tiredness, and my mum, obviously, quite concerned given that she was getting new information from the doctors over over that night just to tell us what to do or what it may or may not be and what they recommended we do sure um, at that time, I to mean, be honest I assume as well when you woke up there was bemusement at waking up in a hospital <laughs> yeah I think I woke up turned around and it was just my mother's um, jacket and things on a chair and I thought and obviously they have the bright white lights in some hospital beds to obviously illuminate the cubicles that you're in. Mm-hmm. So I just remember seeing white and white walls and a cubicle and thinking it's like something out of an alien abduction movie because I didn't have a clue what was going, what sure. was going on until a doctor and my mother came into the room realizing that I was somewhat awake. Um, so yeah, and then stayed in for observation until it was light enough to go home really just to make sure there wasn't any continuous fits because obviously no one including the medical staff at that point realized uh, knew or had any inkling whether i would have multiple fits at once or how bad this the epileptic tendencies were at that time mm. now that's fair what about with again obviously you wouldn't know this from mm. yourself but through i don't know if you've spoken to your mum about it or stuff like so was just coincidentally did your mum just decide to poke her head in the door at the time of night then to see you or like do you know what time it was that she found you I think it was about like eight between eight and half nine probably because she would have been checking on me at that point especially given that it was a school night as to why I hadn't bothered to think about going to bed (laughs) and all think about just getting off the computer and having a drink before going to bed mm. and then realising I was unresponsive lifting me onto a sofa and or the floor I think it was rather um, and trying to get me to respond um, apparently as with all of my fits I did rouse briefly um, and say certain say just gibberish I think at that point because I never I never remember anything I may have said or done mm-hmm. during those periods because my brain is kind of neurologically resetting itself <laughs> sure uh, so there is the tendency for me to rouse and then go back to sleep and not remember anything I've said or done I don't know if that happened during the first fit but definitely during the second because that's when I think we found out that that was a tendency that could and with me is very likely to happen right so how like regular would you say your fits are like I assume or do you Hmm. have medication for them um I don't have medication for them I I did go and see a neurologist straight after well straight after but quite emergently after having the fit because nobody knew what else to do other than go for a neurological test and figure out what train of epilepsy or how severe they think it is mm-hmm. essentially um, and they gave put these um, wires on your head that are essentially ECG monitors now which are much more advanced than they were back then um, and they feel like suckers oh they're awful because they just get completely stuck to your head for obvious reasons, and then you can't get them off. Um, sure. 
as I say, the new ones are much better and you can actually remove them. <laughs> but, so then you, they did that whilst talking to me, I believe, just to see what my brain function was like um, and compare it to the brain damage scan they did um, when I was initially born or when I went into the sensory room at the age of two or whatever it was. And, you know, check on all of that to see if any further extreme damage had been done. Um, thankfully, as far as I'm aware, there wasn't anything they felt they needed to tell us about other than you may have epileptic tendencies and I've not actually been formally diagnosed with epilepsy uh, based on the scans they did. I've been diagnosed with the potential of having epileptic tendencies in an unofficial capacity because obviously there's no diagnosis for you have epileptic tendencies but not full epilepsy. <laughs> right. Um, and then it was the case of just trying to figure out what would trigger me so they similar to when opticians they sort of had to shine lights in your eyes and figure out if that was what was going to do it mm -hmm. or not and initially the, the conclusion was yes certain types of lights are probably going to cause it and the point be the case it's uh, and later as I found out strobe lighting and club lighting would be something that you'd have to consider not necessarily staying away from but having someone with you because those light sources could just make me as I say shut my eyes down pretty quickly and then lull my head in which case I can't really at that time couldn't really do anything to help myself um, because as right. far as we knew at that time there were no warning signs given it was just a case of your eyes would go into automatic mode and the neurological storm in your brain would start <laughs> okay um so that's the early days of it really right so what is it so you said you don't f officially like have epilepsy do you know what it is that sort of separates you from being diagnosed with epilepsy and say you know just having epileptic tendencies i think at that time it was a case of um the conclusion that it was done the cause was due to the previous brain damage from my cerebral palsy and so it was probably as a result of that and wasn't as serious as other cases with cerebral palsy so couldn't quite be and it was like by serious i mean the frequency of fits and the fact that at that time I just had a sort of neurological shutdown. I did not have a stereotypical, you know, hospital drama shaking fit. Mm -hmm. And at that time, obviously, they weren't sure if anything other than certain light streams were going to cause it and how likely that would be to come across those light streams. Um, and just how many, as I say, the frequency of fits itself, I think, separates me from being having epilepsy and needing medication for it and having epileptic tendencies because it's statistically still quite unlikely that I will go into a fit, if you see what I mean. So how often would you say you've had fits? Probably between um, once a year to once every two years, depending on sort of um, depending on age range. So when I was um, 12 to 
about 17. I very rarely had fits on my average, probably about two to three um, years in between having them. So they thought that medication, which obviously can, doesn't necessarily have bad effects on your neurological state, but does obviously affect the neurons firing in your brain mm -hmm. um, to prevent them firing in a way that would cause frequency fits. Um, the effects of that may or may not have all the fact that I would then have to take that medication pretty much for life to ensure that there weren't any sudden changes in my neurons after the changes were affected. They just said that medication wasn't worth it unless you were having the fits more frequently and they were preventing you from going about day to day. Right. That makes sense. So... Over the years, are the fits still uh, caused by lights? Um, I mean, I can get certain warning signs from strobe lighting slash theatre lighting, but definitely the the frequency of it being caused by lights has, has altered dramatically because I can, not that I really want to, but I can go into clubs and sit in a corner of a club with strobe lighting or disco or whatever you call it, being around the place and not really feel too affected. Obviously, there's the visual aspect from my vision that I'm going to have from seeing stuff, but I don't feel like that's going to cause me to have a fit, if you see what I mean. So, sure. Um, but if anything, like I said before, the frequency of fits being between a year to three years before it actually likely to have one that's kind of increased but the causes are different it seems that since i was 17 and in college um the causes seem to be uh, extreme stress or panic states which as you know i am <laughs> often offended to working myself into without needing to um but sometimes and if that happens for a long period of time, say, exam revision or just not sleeping due to stress for a very, very long period of time, now I'm the likelihood of me having a fit is caused by that sort of thing rather than theatres or lights or anything like that. And the, the nature of the fits themselves changes as a result of that, I believe. Uh, how so? Um, well, as I said before, the main distinction on me being diagnosed with epileptic tendencies over epilepsy was that I didn't have a convulsing or shaking fit so they felt that and the frequency of fits they felt that I didn't need to be monitored as heavily and diagnosing me as epileptic when epileptic tendencies were linked to cerebral palsy anyway and it obviously read its head at the age of 12 they just thought it can't really be considered epilepsy until it becomes more serious and when I had a fit in college, I had much different warning signs. For example, I was trying to find a person, not because I initially thought I was having a fit, but because I was having a white light, sort of like a strobe light, ironically, blurring the vision completely in my left eye. Um, okay. Which was okay in the sense that I use one eye at a time, so my brain initially switched to the right eye, but I could then see with my right eye to an extent I could feel the the light blurring <laughs> if you see what I mean in my other eye and thought okay that that's bad 
<laughs> I'm in a visually impaired college, so I know full well this isn't normal. Um, and went to find the nurse, to which I got told rather hysterically, because obviously they didn't know what was going on with me and they were quite busy, rushed off their feet. So quite understandably, they're like, oh, can you wait? I'm just in the middle of something. And my response was, I'm not really sure because I can't see and there's a white light in my eyes. <laughs> um, so then they said, oh, go back to your room if you feel comfortable doing that. And obviously, given that I travelled from my room to the nurse's station at that time, I thought, yep, yeah, I can go to my room and just sit down and wait for you if that's you're really in the middle of something, I can do that. Mm -hmm. But as I was coming back from my room, or back to my room, I should say, as I was doing that, my left hand started seizing up um, and just having pins and needles throughout it, or at least that's what it felt like. And I couldn't really push myself because I could just feel my one hand, as it were, failing <laughs> to do what I told it to do. Um, thankfully, an RSO or a residential support officer was saw me struggling to push myself <laughs> and wondered why. I then explained, I think I'm having some sort of seizure. I am. I have epileptic tendencies. Could you get me back to the room? Obviously, my file in college, they were aware that I could have epileptic tendencies. No one knew that that meant my hand seizing up in the way that it did, because obviously I'd only ever experienced just lights shutting my eyes down and then shutting the rest of me down without much time to get any warning sign so this was a, in effect the first warning sign or time before a fit I'd ever actually had right um, so then I got back to my room and had some time where the nurse came to see me and I was still conscious of what was going on and I was obviously confused because I didn't know, all I knew was the protocol was to call my mother and then call an ambulance and then call my mother and parents just in case I needed them to come pick me up or take me anywhere afterwards <laughs> upon the recommendation of the doctors or whatever. Um, were, you so, still, were you still conscious when the ambulance arrived? I wasn't. The last thing I remember rather embarrassingly was wanting to go to the toilet, being told, that's not a good idea. Um... I suppose, understandably, from the nurse staff's point of view. Certainly. He's whilst trying to <laughs> go badly wrong. Um, and then seizing to the point where I can't remember much, but I've been told the description of the fit from the nurse related to my mother was he was shaking on the bed uh, and my legs were convulsing separately from my arms. Um and my head was lolling off the side as previously, but obviously the mum was confused at that point because shaking fit was never anything um, minor or just considered because after, out of the three or four fits I'd had up to that point, it had never been something that had happened. Right. Um, so then they just told me that they thought I would be okay, that the shaking fit from what the doctors in the hospital could fathom was not a serious one I just needed to rest in a bed and see what I was like when I regained consciousness and remembered thoughts and again it was difficult to tell what I was going to be like because I had the problem of having um, conscious moments but my brain as I call it was still resetting itself so I don't remember any of that and that's the first time I recall um, you know, having major memory loss. 
from the sake of a fit. Um, whereas I can sort of roughly... I knew I'd have some conscious reawakenings, but I'd have like maybe one or two and then fall back asleep normally. But I And I'd be answering in a sort of slurred, less competent way, so I wouldn't really be giving an answer that made any sense. Whereas in this case, I was reawakening three or four times, probably throughout the night and throughout the day, where I, however long I was there before I regained full cognitive understanding. I'd be reawakening several times, having full conversations with the doctors or my mother that, according to them, were perfectly legible and perfectly competent. And then I would wake up and remember none of that. <laughs> right. Um, so when I initially woke up, the first thing I recall feeling was um, they'd wisely turned off any lights that were inside the cubicle because they thought, well, you initially had problems with lights and you've just had a shaking fit which could be considered more serious than any other type of fit I'd had before. Um, so that, that obviously turned that off. So it was a very darkened room and then just cubicle curtains around me. Um, so I recall that. Um, being the first thing I remember and the second thing was ow my legs extremely hurt <laughs> because obviously they had unbeknownst to me been convulsing for however long the fit was I'm not exactly sure how long it was mm -hmm. but and that's very unusual given that I don't even really do much walking at that point with my legs so that hurt for a while um, sure and then they just told me um, the college's position was that um, I go home to recover until my leg stopped hurting because they didn't quite know obviously why <laughs> if there'd be any after effects being near to my local neurologist would have been the best idea basically um, so I went home for about a week if I recall correctly um, and got calls from teachers and RSOs just sort of asking if the pain had subsided which it did in about three days but they recommended waiting till the end of the week to see my neurologist and seeing what his position on it was basically <laughs> okay and I'm assuming his position was was it was that it was okay for you to continue as you returned to college yeah his position was that at the moment it was okay for me to just carry on as long as the leg pain and pain in my arms had subsided um, obviously he noted the fact that I appeared to have fully cognitive conversations with individuals and then not remember any of them <laughs> um, because he thought that that was a different memory lost structure than before and then at that point probably asked me yeah he asked me if I wanted to go on medication and I asked whether he felt it was necessary really because at that point I was kind of just taken aback by what had happened and just thought if you think it's necessary, I'll I'll go on it, basically. Mm -hmm. um, his position was that, given that this is the first shaking fit I'd ever had, and I had epilepsy for about three or four years at that point, it may be a one-off event, and did I know what caused it? I basically explained that I'd been revising flat out up to that point and that was probably why because I wasn't sleeping and stressed out my mind so they noted that stress was a likely cause of it which has been the primary cause from then on really and I went back never really was put on medication um, at that point and just carried on 
in college until um until the end where I th think I had maybe no I don't think I had any further fits in college the next one I can recall having a scare of was in my first year of university I believe right and was that one and any other since are they also more I guess seizure like with the convulsing uh, since you uh, was convulsing from then on yes okay so and at this point because of the infrequency of them it still hasn't been considered you know necessary to for you to go on medication no, my neurologist basically took the view that it can obviously affect certain neurons. It might not be a bad effect, but it might mean that I there's still the effect there, and they just didn't think it was necessary unless it becomes something that I have perhaps, you know, multiple times within a year, then mm -hmm. it might be something they would look at because that would be an extreme increase. Um, sure, yeah, where, makes sense. Even the fit I had in university was a case of, oh, my eyes are going blurry, realised, um, told my lecturer at the time, which was very, like, very, um, thankfully, was the disability con main disability contact for my course at the university. So as soon as I said, I need to go, and the word epilepsy, she'd obviously read my file cover to cover about that kind of thing, and she said, right, um, you know what to do and alerted the security guard to take me back to my room and call the ambulance to the gates, basically. <laughs> um, got an ECG from an ambulance and blood pressure check from an ambulance. They told me that whatever event I'd experienced in my eyes appeared to have subsided from my description and that it was unlikely for me to have a fit at that time, but for don't do anything too strenuous for the next 24 hours, essentially. Um... And then me, like an idiot, thought, oh, I feel fine, and tried to go back to my lecture, to which my flatmate and the ambulance people that were still waiting outside called me an idiot and ordered me back inside, <laughs> essentially. Uh, uh, that's, I'd say they were right, too. Oh, no, I agree. They, they, they most likely were. Um, I went back inside and lay down and um, didn't go near video games for 24 hours, and I was fine. Um, and then there's been a few incidences since university, say in summer holidays, where I may have had, I think, maybe one fit at home. But protocol for me doing it at home, um, ever since my first fit, really, has always been okay, he might rise, just put him on a sofa or on the floor, depending on how, how responsive I'm being, and keep an eye on me for throughout the evening we wouldn't normally call an ambulance because unless I was having a fit and then going into another one straight after my neurologist view and the ambulance people's view has kind of been you'll probably be alright as long as you are talking in some cognitive way to the people you're talking to which is odd because obviously I don't remember much of what I said, say or do when I am doing that, so there's conversations that my mother has informed me of where I've 
either said or told her things that I will then tell her the next day thinking that I'm just having a general conversation to be responsive to like she'll ask me general questions and ask me about things I've read that day or something and then I'll tell her the next day and she'll oh don't you remember that how much of it do you remember because I obviously don't I, I don't remember large chunks since the convulsive fit came into effect basically but um, is that pretty unnerving would you say or is it something you've now got used to I'm used to it but it's unnerving because obviously I'm in a neurological state of complete unpredictability to myself personally so for all I know depending on the people around me I could say something that I would consider a piece of information I'd want to keep away from certain people right and just provi- and just provide it I mean I, I it doesn't look like I've spilled any deep dark secrets to anyone I know sure sure period so it, it looks unlikely but it is unnerving to think they could ask me any question and given the neurological state I mean I'd probably answer it honestly <laughs> so it's that vulnerability really sorry say that again it's the vulnerability really yeah yeah, yeah. essentially um, that's understandable um, so you know, I also still find it strange, given the low number of fits I've actually had. I think it probably tallies up to seven in my, in my lifetime now. That, you know, I I still find it strange that I'm apparently fully cognizant to people around me, and then they'll be shocked when I don't remember it because obviously they can't tell what I do or don't remember. And I find it strange that I'm responding more rapidly and more succinctly every time. Um, I have a fit. It's like so it's as if my brain is used to it, but my memory is not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, what about which probably makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that it's a thing that happens. I mean, I can imagine it's mm. certainly confusing for obviously yourself, but as you said, the people around you. But you mentioned. Sorry, say again. Sorry, it's, I was saying that, you know, that it's confusing for those, you know, it makes sense that it's confusing for you, but also the people around you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because they might have thought that, I don't know, they've said something comforting or they've provided me with information, especially medical staff, I assume. I think that they've provided me with reassuring information at the time whilst I've been in hospital. However, when I wake up, I don't remember that information, so it's probably a case of having to repeat things um, a lot. Um, there was one instance, for example, I can't remember why. Um, this was but a medical staff member whilst I was in hospital and being observed overnight. I can't remember which fit this was. Or what. I think it was probably the first convulsing fit that they did this with, observing me for a while. And he asked me do you wish to get up and walk? You haven't walked for a few days because they hadn't read the medical notes as thoroughly and also thought that I could walk because my wheelchair had been removed by my father. Um, so I could just be not be tempted to get up and move about if I was in a state of not great cognitive awareness. So, of course, I'm very confused <laughs> because I didn't understand why he thought I could walk right. and I wasn't in a state of full cognition at that point. But, anyway, um, um, so uh, up to this point, it's been probably two years since I've had a fit rather rather commonly 
except for one fit during um, the summer after I came to college, the summer after I left university even. Summer after I left university, I had a small one observed at home, nothing nothing expected or, or unexpected rather, nothing unexpected because they thought that I'd, you know, had flashes of the signs, went to lie down and everything was pretty much fine. Nobody needed to be called, and then um, a couple of weeks back, I was doing volunteering at an on-site place rather than over the phone. Arrived from my volunteering, and with pretty much no... Well, I had probably a 10-minute warning in the car, but with no nothing that would make me think that I was doing anything strenuous, just travelling to volunteering as I normally would and had a 10 minute warning of my eyes going a bit strange and not necessarily white lights but lack of definition in the vision I did have which made me think ooh this is probably a case of having a fit and then deciding do we do I stay in the car and explain to the people I'm on a volunteering shift with that I'm obviously not going to be able to attend at all and wait to see what happens, or do I go inside, explain that I may have a fit, and be inside the building because there'd be more people to keep an eye on me, and frankly having a fit in a car with a seatbelt on, or even lopsidedly positioned Doesn't sound ideal. Wouldn't be ideal. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I made the decision to sort of go inside, um, according to my mother's observations and not my own memory because I don't remember being slower than usual but apparently my arms and legs were responding slowly and I nearly fell over whilst transferring into the wheelchair because I thought that I was responding at my normal um, time of response but apparently I wasn't um, right. I got inside to tell them that I may have a fit and might be a bit slow on my feet, as it were, today. Um, and upon telling them that, I suddenly couldn't remember anything and suddenly was just convulsing in the chair quite rapidly. Well, probably to the normal extent I would be. But obviously my arms were were just doing normal gestures of conversation. So my arms suddenly convulsed onto a desk <laughs> and kept hitting the desk and my legs were convulsing everywhere whilst in the chair. Um, this was at the point when my mother had thought that I'd just informed everyone, everyone and everything was fine. Uh, and staying under their observation was probably the best thing to do for the next couple of hours whilst I did volunteering. And so, then everyone... so was your mum gone, sorry, at this point? Yeah, so my yeah. mother had left okay. at this point. Or was getting back to the car mm. when the staff member I was on shift with um, was telling my mother that she thought I was having a fit due to sudden convulsiveness in my arms and then sudden convulsiveness everywhere within seconds thankfully the staff member I was on shift with had been around people that had fitted before and knew exactly what to do so instructed my mother on the best way to lift me because she was more professionally trained um, outside of that to tell me what to do to tell her what to do so I instructed my mother on the best way to lift me and mm -hmm. lifted me onto the floor where I continued to probably have convulsions, I would assume. Um, and I woke up 
but because they'd called an ambulance and obviously checked my breathing continuously, the ambulance wasn't too fast. So we waited for about an hour when all signs of problems had apparently gone away. Well, to me, it was about an hour. I think it was probably about three hours to everyone else because I have gaps in my memory at that point. Um, and I found out that I'd obviously injured my hands because they'd been repeatedly smashing into a desk at rapid speed mm. and cut my um, knuckles um, and scratched up my one hand everywhere because of that and then had rapid convulsions just in my legs so I was in a lot of pain Sure. and, and everything so I then obviously didn't do the shift I was there to do went home went to sleep because of obviously no warning or little warning signs and then even sudden um, suddenly going into the episode my parents were observing me more stringently because there was no indication that or triggers around that I would normally be having a fit the, the understanding from my uh, from my doctor when I spoke with them is just probably tiredness because I was not sleeping great during the last two weeks leading up to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, that was a bit of a sudden and serious experience that occurred about a month or so ago because because of just being really strange to be honest and the fact that I'd actually injured my arms as well because I'd obviously always been in a safe position when convulsing before so I suppose it sort of brought it home that though I only have epileptic tendencies there is there is more of a risk here than than perhaps I would have thought about before yeah I get that I admit I can't help but and maybe this makes me a bit callous so I admit the idea of you just your hands going up and down here in the desk didn't did amuse me slightly because it just makes it sound like one of those like you know like monkey toys you get that like hits a drum or something oh, yeah. oh I can fully understand to anyone else it might sound and it doesn't sound like a risk to me it's just it's sort of seeing the the scarring afterwards made me think oh gosh no <laughs> so certainly like... I get that like, like I said I'm, it's a uh... Definitely in the moment being there, I don't think it, I could imagine it wouldn't have been <laughs> yeah. amusing at all. And certainly from your point of view, yeah, it's sort of it's the first example, I guess, of you actually, I guess, being able to hurt yourself. Yeah. When in the so you know, as an again previous episode, people may have heard this, but. Paige gives an example where she had a fit while she was standing in the bath having a shower and she fell out of the bath. Mm. Like, you know, and obviously bruised herself quite significantly. Fortunate that it couldn't have been worse. We, you know, talk about it how, for you know, I gave the example, it made me think of my family's home. If you were stood in the bath and then fell out because of a fit, you'd very likely then hit your head on the sink. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, it's certainly in that situation, 
isn't any laughing matter. I think it's it's one of those old classics I often find, I think, a cliche really, that it's easier to laugh at something that's quite serious once it's happened and you know that the people involved or person involved, I guess, in this situation, as it's just yourself, are okay. Oh, yeah. In the same way <laughs> yeah. with Paige, again, because we talked about it, how really... The idea of someone just like, you know, timbering out of a bath is quite amusing to think of. Yeah, and I always sort of found myself or thought myself to be, I don't know the word, but distanced from that because obviously I would never have a fit in a standing position. Yeah. So the likelihood of injuring myself, um, even if I was alone, would be incredibly unlikely. Like, I've often callously, callously possibly said to my mother, and father, when being away at college or at university, even if I had a fit and couldn't call an ambulance, as long as I knew to lie down, I didn't see much risk in it. Obviously, in this case, I was quick enough to alert somebody that I may have a fit, but not quick enough to actually lie down or actively alter my position at all. So I sort of had a fit from prone position to convulsion. And... Yeah, I've never experienced that before and realised that even in a prone position next to objects around me in my wheelchair safely buckled in there is still a risk of oh you're going to injure yourself because I was, even in that position I was hitting a desk and then obviously hitting a desk a bit more perhaps when they were trying to move me but they were moving me for my own safety of not wounding my hands or legs further (laughs) yeah so, like you mentioned, in this in that situation, and I think you, the example, your uni, the warning sign was related to the site you have. Is that then being? Is that the more common warning sign you've had then? Because I know in the example you gave of the first, uh, I suppose, stress-related fit was more to, wasn't related to your eyes the warning sign was it it was your hand tensing um yeah it was more my my hand tensing but i think on on reflection yeah i think my eyes are the more common warning sign i've had whether that's because i know for a fact neurologically my my sight is due to neurons crossing over in my eyes and that's why one eye is stronger than the other and i only use one eye at a time to gain vision Mm -hmm. um um, whether that's why my eyes is the more commonly affected thing that first go, as it were, blurry, misty, or bright, um, that could explain it, I suppose. Okay. That's fair. So, so is it just one of those things, if your eyes start to feel a certain way, say, if when you were in a nightclub or when you're playing a video game you'll just get yourself away from situations so I suppose in the case of playing on a console look away from the screen turn it off uh, for a little bit if you're in a nightclub get out for a bit yeah yeah I've sort of get to fresh air if I was in an external position because I think that fresh air and natural light sort of have the option of either slowing down or resetting the signs. 
Right. Because I've had, I've had like say small um, blips beforehand where 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 they've done ECGs on me just to make sure if I was in a public area I've always called someone done an ECG through uh, blood pressure checks and or through whatever's been in the ambulance over the last five years and and then obviously they've checked whether my rates have gone down and if they have I've always just lied down or stayed away from stimulus so I wouldn't play video games for 24 hours um, because as we all probably know or at least have seen but maybe not have noted there is an epilepsy warning on PS4s and I presume Xboxes at the same time um, hmm. that tell you to consult doctors before playing video games so by all means anyone with epilepsy or epileptic tendencies don't consider my case to be I can play video games because you can because <laughs> that's probably very unlikely consult medical advice first <laughs> yeah that's interesting it's funny how you're first introduced to something because in the sense of I'm not a sufferer of epilepsy I haven't mm. been my whole life so I think it's uh, it's not impossible uh, you know but I think it's very unlikely at this point that I ever will you know yeah. 27 years into my life but I don't know the first time I ever heard about epilepsy was when I was watching a I've talked about on previous episodes I'm a WWE fan pro wrestling and I don't know if it does anymore because I haven't properly watched their weekly TV shows in ages but it used to come up with a strobe you know a, a strobe lighting and special effects warning mm. uh, before uh, the shows uh, you know their like I said their weekly shows so that was like Monday Night Raw and Friday Night Smackdown which are still running to this day but yeah that was that was I think my first introduction to the concept of epilepsy and that those mm. kind of things can affect people because say in my situation the worst for me that I am I think as a result of my blindness I'm I, I am photophobic but that doesn't you know so it hurts my eyes, but it, it wouldn't cause me to have a fit or anything. Maybe a slight headache. That's the most. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of um, photo and light sensitivity kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. I think we've uh, come to a good place to stop EIN, unless if you can think of anything else to mention that we haven't already covered. No, I just um, I hope that this hasn't come across as me droning on a bit and has at least been somewhat <laughs> educational and entertaining for those listening. But I think we've covered everything. No, I think it was good because even in say, uh, it just occurred to me, especially after your most recent fit that you uh, mentioned, your most recent seizure, whichever word you'd rather use, mm. uh, and. Also, if in you know in our most recent group episode with Lewis and Aaron, you know on accessibility, there was one moment when Aaron was talking about you know a faulty light on a staircase, mm. and in that she sort of referenced your epilepsy, and it occurred to me that some people may not be too familiar. So I thought this was 
good to do. And again, I hope for those listening, they have found it interesting. Because, yeah, I know we previously had Paige on, but it's like everyone I've had on who are registered blind in some way or another, everyone's different and their experiences vary from each other. Yeah, there are different blends of disability just as there are different blends of epileptics, either official or unofficial diagnosis. <laughs> yes, well, I mean, I was, well, yeah, I mean, epilepsy is classified as a disability, but I know what you mean. Yeah. It's actually discussed with Paige, it's classified as hidden and a mental disability, which does make sense. Mm. But, yeah, until next time. Thanks again for joining us, and goodbye. At that point, I was lying on a bed, waiting for it to happen, because, as I'm sure many others that have full epilepsy have been told, um, you know, trying to resist it happening can just mean that when it finally does, the convulsing is either worse, or you might be just in a more stressed state, so far it doesn't really do any good. <laughs> sure. Um, but that one was sort of even milder than the last one I'd had because I'd um, I was awake for a long, lot longer than before waiting for it to sort of come and then space well that was a very informative chat hopefully you found it educational and somewhat entertaining you can follow me on twitter at theblindbrennan send an email to theblindbrennan at gmail.com or join the Facebook group, Listen With Your Eyes. If you can like, share, and rate the podcast, that would be very much appreciated. You've been listening with your eyes, and you'll hear us again next time. (laughs) 